welcome into another episode of the Varsity Breakdown Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Guevara, and with me as always is Mr. Lupe Ramirez. And we got a very special guest for you guys tonight from the So AZ podcast slash page, as well as one of the creators of the newly formatted off-season page, Mr. Chris Kidney. So thank you for uh, joining up? us. Uh, but um, let's get right into things. Uh, we're going to dive into uh, the Senior Bowl, which was uh, brought to you by Game Time Recruiting and Consulting and Mr. Rodney Cox. And let's get right into it. What were you guys' thoughts? You know, not only were we there for the Friday matchup, but for the game on Saturday as well. I felt like overall it was a good experience. It, it was nice to see a wide array of players from all over the state. Didn't matter what region or level of um, competition they played. Everybody there played hard. And in I don't mean this disrespectfully, but in a way you could see that it was the first time he had that event because of the way things kind of uh, like shaped out, like, you know, there were little things like, like practice, for example, like, you know, it kind of ran over and, and there was, you know, little things that could have been better there. But I'm, I know that by next year when Rodney runs this event it's going to be a well-oiled machine. And I can't wait to, to experience it again because today was awesome, especially yesterday meeting some of the coaches for the first time and having great conversation with them. It, it was a totally different experience and it was, it was definitely something worth attending. Yeah, I mean, another thing that I thought was really cool is is even last night when we were there at at the pretty much the pregame when they got the equipment and everything like that. Yeah, there was kind of probably hiccups there because you kind of got to figure out mm-hmm. how to get the equipment out, how's it going to work, how you doing things like that. Mm-hmm. Which which obviously, as you fine tune things, like you're saying, and and I know it wasn't a disrespect thing. It's just like you're just saying, like how how do you streamline this? You learn from your mistakes Absolutely. on little things like that, but. It was really cool to see some of these college coaches, mm-hmm. like uh, the one from Hamline yep. that we hung out with. Um, Hastings College was there. Um, Lake Forest was there as well. So like Coach Cat, um, Wally, which is from from uh, Hastings College and so on. Don't remember the guy's name from Hamline, but that's the one. Shout that out actually, Coach Greeny. Greeny, Green, yep. okay. You're Greeny, uh, uh, um, who's He's actually doing high school now up there in um, – Kalichi is the na- name of the town, I think, uh, in Colorado where he's at. But he used to be at Lions College, um, who was actually coaching the black team. Oh, okay. Um, and then the head coach over on the other side was uh, Coach Payne, who who used to be with, I think it was the Pumas or the Papago, no, pa- Papago Pumas? I think so. Is that who it was or was it, mm-hmm. uh, was it the – I think I it was the Pumas. The yeah. yeah. Um, so it was good to see that. It was good to see, like, some, like I was saying, some of those college coaches coming out, as well as just the array of coaches from different levels all over that was just working with the kids. Like, I even got to hang out with one of the younger kids who's actually currently uh, playing up at, I think it was Western Oregon University, who had come down and kind of helped out and stuff like that. So it was cool to kind of meet those guys, as well as, like you were saying, the diversity of kids from both not only from 2a to 6a like as in football but like there was kids from uh river valley which is over in the, by laughlin mm-hmm. up in the, that corner all the way over to snowflake which is pretty much the other side of the state right. all the way down to like wilcox to douglas Yuma. N- no gallus Yuma, <laughs> right so he literally had kids that were pretty much pretty much painted all over the state which was kind of nice 
So that was kind of a cool thing too. It was just an all around good experience to just even hang out and meet those parents and be like, wow, this is really cool for some of these kids. It's something that Phoenix might normally get. Right. Definitely. But these smaller communities don't normally get an all-star game like that. And does that necessarily mean that they were the all-star studs to the, the programs around the state? No, not necessarily, but it was exciting to see this this cold, like mesh like a melting pot literally of all these schools across i mean obviously you guys had a lot of kids from pinal county that came through i mean i don't know which ones they were or which schools but obviously share with everybody like the pinal county school kids yeah so we had a total of seven uh players from pinal county um one from coolidge in uh, gage froman uh elijah fields from santan foothills Connor Mall, uh, who threw the game-winning touchdown uh, for ALA Ironwood, Elijah Woods, Sequoia Pathway, you know, so a, a Coach Donnie product. We always talk about Coach Donnie, as well as uh, Ian Palm, which was Ian. Ian Palm, correct uh, correction. Yes, uh, his mom let us know it's Ian Palm. Uh, but um, I mean, that was our defensive player of the year that we selected, so it was cool to see him out there. And then uh, we also had uh, Connor uh, Wiles uh, for Combs and Anthony Pastorio. I can't forget about him right. out at uh, uh, Florence, you know. You know, it's funny is is um, I didn't know who he was, but I remember while I was doing the graphic designs and stuff like for Rodney, uh, Pist- Pist- what is it, Pistolo? Pistorio. 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 His, his, his dad was wearing a hoodie with his last name on it, and I was like, oh, I know who you are and stuff like that. And it's funny because, like, He's like, how do you know? And it's like, it's on your back. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was cool. Like, I remember the name because obviously it's such a, a different kind of funny name. But like, like a, not funny, but you know what I mean? It's just a different name. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, fl- like I, like Florence. I mean, did you guys have anyone besides him? Or I mean, uh, No, he, he was our only uh, Florence uh, player. But, I mean, seven kids from seven out of 12 of the schools that we cover so that was a pretty big number i was uh a little bit shocked that i didn't see like more casa Grande players or even a couple of vista grande players but you actually forgot gavin lamangelo who was there at practice yesterday right, but right. suffered an injury and wasn't able to play tonight he now he's from uh, apache junction right correct mm-hmm. yeah i heard that he got injured um and he, and he was always kind of like it seemed like he would walk gingerly like it wasn't something that just abruptly happened yesterday uh as far as that it was something that i've heard he's been uh dealing with like all year if not for a little while longer so i mean i know that uh if given the opportunity you know he he, he's definitely a kid would have loved to see him oh yeah absolutely and i do know that uh the uh hamline coach uh i believe he was asking about him uh if i'm not mistaken Mm -hmm. wondering where he was so it it was unfortunate that he didn't get to make it. and uh, But other than that, I mean, seven out of your 12 schools in a game that's continuously going to get better each and every year. Uh, you know, but even yourself, I, I saw a lot of uh, uh, players coming from the Southern Arizona section. Don't even get me try to start it. Like, oh, yeah, you ain't got to. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I really don't even know, like, to, to ramble off those. Because I know Rodney has such a huge impact with Southern Arizona. It's really kind of hard to say. Like, I know, for example, No Gallus was represented. Rio Rico was represented. Uh, Sabarita was uh, represented. Uh, Mountain View, obviously, was there. Uh, Sunnyside. Sunnyside was there. Uh, I'm trying to go out. Uh, Cienega was there. CDO. CDO was there. 
um, South Point was there. And I think that was one of the um, coolest things that I saw is you didn't see an over amount of of kids coming from the metro area up in Phoenix. It was all either Southern Arizona, Pinal County, and and a little bit elsewhere. Well, and I think with the success of the event, what you're going to see is like people kind of like talking about it a little bit more and like what you were saying seven out of the 12 schools that you guys had now you're probably going to have there's there there's always a little resistance in an event that's its first time it's like eh, mm-hmm. you know is this is this really worth it or is it not but the the one thing i will say about the event was there was such a positive from from the parents from the the athletes from every all the aspects of of the event and that it was done, not only the event was done successfully, like, but the uniforms were nice. Mm-hmm. The the venue was nice. You know, I mean, how, how many times can you have a venue that's like one of the largest freaking sports complex, you know? And I mean, like, then you have it being televised, you know, streamed via YouTube through the Epic Sports Network and stuff like that. So it was really kind of cool to have this, this collab of like different things like like different um media guys walking around the place you know you saw you guys you saw my man orlando out there doing pictures and stuff like that and like so many different other things so shout out jd go he was out there too i mean chili was there um there was there was a bunch of different guys that that kind of swung by and and you know did their thing and and by all means you know it's really cool to have that kind of presence on an event that is your first time doing it Mm mm-hmm I mean, that just goes to show how much Rodney and Game Time is actually trying to put that emphasis into a good product. And and I think, you know, um, another reason you probably see a little bit of resistance as well is it's coming from a company that you, you know, is about recruiting. Right. That's how they make that's how they make their money. But how many places or companies can you sit there and say they're putting this together for these kids to have an opportunity to outshine that are, you know, recruiters in themselves. You very rarely see it. So for Rodney to take that on is something that's pretty cool. And I'm sure it's going to spread like wildfire, wildfire next year. Well, and the other part was, is it's interesting. A lot of the kids that were participating in the game weren't necessarily even Rodney's kids, like mm-hmm. uh, the, that are actually using him as a recruiting consultant. They were actually kids that he, he put it out there on social media. These kids responded and they wanted to participate in it. And then here you go. Here you have the finished product, which, I mean, by all means, it was kind of a fun game to watch anyways. It was cool that they, they extended the quarters mm-hmm. so the kids could get more reps and time into it and so on. And and that's the same amount of time they play at the collegiate uh, level. I, mean, I know there the, were 15 minute like increments, but I don't know. Like I, I think that, that I think that's be, about yeah. right or whatever the case may be. But I mean, just in general, it was good, good, good vibes, man. I mean, how can you? You know, I don't think I had too many parents or anybody come up to me and say anything negative. It was almost like, and it was funny too, because you had that whole, even if you were on one team or the other, if you, you, you burned somebody, like they were still like sportsmen, good sportsmanship going around. Oh yeah. So it was really. And and it was some good hits too. Like it wasn't like, yeah, it wasn't nothing like they were letting up or like something like you would see at a pro mm -hmm, bowl game where they're just kind of trying not to hurt each other. These kids were were there to put on a show. And I think one of the things me and Loopy noticed, especially on the uh, black team side was that 
those guys, like whether they were playing offense or defense together, you would have thought the way that they were communicating and grouping up together and talking to each other that they played with each other for years. Right. You know, and it was like for them to get together in one day and then picking each other up and like, hey, man, we got the next one or this is what we're going to do when we get back out there. It was like it was something cool to see all those different minds put their experience together to try to win the game. And I don't want to toot my own horn, but it, it it's pretty easy when you have a couple of good leaders from Pinal County on your team, like Connor Maul and Anthony Pistorio. Right. Those guys have a high motor, and they're very motivating on their sidelines. And I'm pretty sure a lot of their teammates can attest to this. There was a lot of time. And I think you actually got a lot of footage of Connor going up to his different teammates, you know, congratulating them for their play or their hard work, or even telling them what they could do better on the next, you know, their next rep. Uh, it's stuff like that that goes a long way and gets, you know, college coaches noticing you and wanting you to be a part of their program you know is you bring up something kind of interesting too where you're talking about kids from from the pinal county and and then we reflect also as well it didn't have a lot of the phoenix metro kids Mm -hmm. so i think with that actually element not being there a lot of the schools that were represented in this situation were more receptive towards listening to each other because if it would have been phoenix there I think they would have been more of that dominant, we're better than you kind of vibe, where a lot of these schools don't, they, they kind of get along easier mm-hmm. because they don't, we all know we all sitting there like and go like, uh, Phoenix is like where you need to be when it comes to Tucson. I mean, uh, to, to the football and, and, and pretty much Arizona as a whole. Right. It's Phoenix is, Phoenix is one thing. It's almost like saying there's New York City. And then there's New York. Right. You know what I mean? So I think with a lack of the Phoenix metropolitan people, you got a lot more receptive to listen to a kid from Florence, to listen to a kid from like maybe a Coolidge and stuff like that, because they look at each other more like peers, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I was just like, while you were saying that, I was like, oh, cool. You know, it's like they did kind of respect these kids a little bit better. And, and you have such like, like we said, it was a big diverse group of kids that it's kind of nice to have every voice actually mean something. Right. And then these are the kids that are mostly not getting the attention that, uh, you know, what they would get in Phoenix or anywhere else like that. And so, like, for them to, even uh, when, when the kid from CDO, he got the interception, I believe. I mean, for the whole defense. I mean, Rodney himself included, you know, he was uh, the defense coordinator for uh, the black team, but... Got the interception. They all like like a NFL team run to the end zone, slide in the end zone, and right. and you know they picked him up and made him feel uh you know like he was probably playing with his buddies on Friday nights, and right. so I, I thought that was. So I'm going to ask you guys a question because okay. I was sitting on the sideline with my buddy, the guy who was the DJ there, mm-hmm. uh, DJ Rendizi. Um, got a shout out him, but he had mentioned this in events like this. Should you allow excessive celebration? I'll let you go first. I think that it's okay yeah it's it's something to that of course is not going to be accepted at the next level or any level at that right, matter right. but um i mean the kids are there they they you know paid in order to be there it's right. like let them have as much fun as possible for some of them that's the last game they're ever going to play uh you know if they don't True. go to the yeah, next level right. so why not let them have the funnest time that they possibly can and and make it fun How do you feel about it? I feel like Daniel echoes my sentiments completely because I feel that exact same way. If it's going to be your last game, think about it. Um, just that that little sequence that Daniel mentioned alone of right. them, you know, sliding into the end zone and and celebrating on the opposite end, something like that would immediately have gotten players ejected and would have been a big deal. When you know players that that are 
parents of the players that are participating in that, they're just like, let them play. Let I, them play. Think, I think I, I can see on, obviously on both sides. The thing I like is like, honestly, if it's done tastefully mm-hmm. and it's not something that's like humiliating a player or anything mm-hmm. like that, then heck yeah, go ahead and do it. Because like you guys are saying, first of all, it makes kids want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Like, and the whole goal is like, dude, I had so much fun. You guys need to do it next year. Right. Because those kids are all going back to the high school on Monday or, or after, you know, obviously Martin Luther King Day or whatever the case might be. Um, they're going to go back to school and they're going to be like, bro, we had such a good time. Like, it was fun. We were, we did this, we did that. So, you know, it's like, and you want to emphasize that because that's what's going to get next year to be better. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And I think that this thing is going to grow oh. rapidly, you know, and now you might actually see some of those uh, Metro Phoenix teams that where the kids are not getting noticed or, you know, they're a little bit of a smaller uh, school and they're not a Hamilton or a like Chandler. A, like or a Barry any, Goldwater. Yes. You know, and you know. you're going to see some of those kids like, hey, that looks fun, you know. And and I think overall, like what um, when people think about an all star game like that, like the blue and gray game out in Dallas. People, don't, I mean, me and you, uh, me and you, Chris, had that conversation of just how much it is to play in that game alone. Yeah. But that doesn't even uh, include the the travel there, the hotel stay there. You're talking about spending over two thousand dollars just to play the game. That's not even. You know, and I think that Rodney makes it affordable and accessible to anybody, no matter where you live. It's like okay, if you really want to try to get more film or get a chance to show what you got. It's reasonable and, you know, and you get to not only have fun, play another game of football, but I thought the you know, the baggage, uh, Gatorade bags, the pit viper, stuff like that. That's what all the kids are into right now. And that's all included for a price of under five hundred dollars. Like you will not get that anywhere you go, you know, especially if you go out of state. You're walking home with stuff like like what you're saying is, is it's not. I mean, the Pit Viper glasses, if you want to go online and try to pick those up, I think they're probably close to 100 pop. Mm-hmm. Um, you talk about, like, the uniforms and jerseys. Like, they got to keep those. Uh, it's just, there's more to it than just, like, yeah, you want to come play this game? It, it's nice to know that, like, you're getting something. You're taking something home with you. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, once once again, like, there's still those 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 space to for improvements oh yeah and stuff like that but i mean like serious and it ran well like it wasn't like it was like unorganized i mean it it was it was kind of really smooth and like you know i do want to say this is that big shout outs to the refs Mm -hmm. that participated in that game i guess that the there was an original ref staff that was organizer supposed to be there and they fell through so these guys stepped up to it and took took the the baton and, and kind of went with it and helped the game go. So, so like big shout outs to those guys. And like, you didn't hear many like complaints. Oh no. It was almost like we're all having fun, you know? Yeah. And I, I didn't I, hear I, any complaints to be, to be I, I, nothing. I, I heard a couple here and there, but it was more so like it, it, if, if it's any regular game, right. You hear a coach, Hey man, that that's holding ref, you know, something, something simple as that. It's like, you know, they, I mean, you, you could tell how big of a competition 
not only was it for the players, but for the coaches as well. Some of the coaches coached together and they were on opposite teams. And so that was some as like, I want to beat my counterpart across the field. So it's like, ref, you got to make that call. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So other than that, the, the little bit that, you know, I kind of heard was nothing really like harsh towards the refs. It was just like, come on, ref, you got to make that call. And, you know, other than that, I think in this type of game, you got to let them play, you know, unless it's a blatant offsides or a blatant pass interference where it's like, dude, I have no choice but to throw the flag. Right. You're going to let them play all the way down the field, especially uh, when it's a wide receiver versus a defensive back or a linebacker. Mm-hmm. But as was there anybody I know, you know, for Pinal County that kind of caught your eye and it was like, you know, we see we've seen a lot of these players um, most of the season. But was there somebody that you know, you felt like stepped his game up a little bit? Um, in my eyes, there were actually two. Connor Malt went out there and did the most. Uh, when we were having dinner with the coaches that were from uh, Arate, they spoke very highly of him, and they were like, we can't believe that, you know, he didn't, you know, he doesn't have the, any uh, eyes on him because he, you know, he's so poised out there. He does really great in the pocket. He's not, uh, he's not scared to get hit, but he's also, you know, very mobile. So, you know, hearing stuff like that about him w- was was really good. Another person that that I felt did a lot on his end of the ball was Ian Palm. Uh, the way he was so active and and interactive with his teammates, that that was was something special and, and something that I took from his interview with you at the end of the game that I, I feel like maybe somebody could, you know, you can always misconstrue, you know, anything just based off of, you know, whether you take it in or out of context. But when he said, I actually have a group with me that could hang because it's not that he felt like in, in his school that, that the, the teammates he had weren't good enough. This was a first time where he was surrounded by right. a team that was selected based solely off of their their style of play and, and, and so on and so forth. And they meshed together and he got his first win of the season. It's really tough when you go 0-10 and, and, and you you suffer all those losses. And for him to to get his first win of the season here, it, it was it was special. I think Ashton Ward, who was a kid from Sabarita, was in the same situation mm-hmm. where he played his first game that he won. They went 0-10 as well. Um, I believe over at Sabarita this year, and it was it's you know especially it's your senior year and you don't win, mm-hmm. and I mean you just kind of like, dude, we suck. Like I mean you really kind of have this this thing like could I even could I even play at the next level? So it like what you're kind of saying, which which is cool, is that is that the difference between this is like you go to like unless you're at a school like like a Scottsdale Saguaro or a Chandler or something that got a kid like from from position one to position 11 on the field like you normally don't have that you're gonna have like kids that maybe are unexperienced or don't know what they're doing or whatnot so when you have a bunch of kids that are invested any kid that's going to go out to these all-star games is typically a kid who's invested and wanting to play the game they're not maybe they're not the stud or the all-star on the team but they're like you're relevant you're like you're at least like an average player if not above so when you think about it there's not too many teams in the state that has 11 average or above players on the team so when you're saying like i'm saying that like i'm going like hey they can hang it's it's how often do you have the 11 man like you know the full 11 kids on the field that's like if i screw up i can rely on you to get 
what I'm doing. Exactly. And that's why you have like a lower scoring game because you have a full line. Like who can sit there and say, I have five offensive linemen that are valid. Yeah. You don't normally get that. Or we actually have a solid defensive line. You don't normally get those kind of things in a regular season game because you have like, you know, a strong side and a weak side. Like I have, you know, a little Bobby over there. He's, you know, he's okay, but, but he's just a big body and he's blocking a hole. Mm-hmm. You got kids that can move. Like not only that, you got coaches on the sidelines that are going like that kid's like, I might, might have to give that kid an offer today. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and, no, and, I completely and, get it. And you definitely saw that, you know, uh, speaking uh, to uh, Coach Greeny. Coach Greeny from Hamlin? Yeah, uh, he uh, – we were talking to him at halftime, and that's what we kind of discussed with him uh, was that, you know, is there anybody else that besides that's on your list? I mean, uh, there were, there was a player he had high hopes for and then turned around, saw him play the, uh, tonight, and it was kind of like, okay, well, maybe I will – that this kid wasn't what I thought he was because the kid across the ball from him is, you know, kind of kicking his butt the whole game and and he's like so it, it brought a different view for a, a college coach and to be able to sit there and add more pieces that he's like you know what I'm getting the first look at these guys that I didn't even have on my list and it's things like these games that allow those opportunities uh but you know what would if you guys were to say I mean I, I know we preach it all the time but what was one of the biggest things you guys took away that you could pass advice over to uh, high school players that are listening as far as what the college uh, level coaches were talking about? Based off of the conversations that we were fortunate to have with those uh, coaches from each college, get your grades up. That's I know it's going to sound trivial. And, and, you know, a lot of you, when when you're listening to this, you're just like rolling your eyes and, and trying to figure out well I you know I'm not there for school I'm there for you know athletics that's the problem like you're a student athlete the 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 academics come first and you can't play if you're eligible a lot of these coaches won't look at you if you have under a 3.0 they they'll they may you know make an exception based off of your athletic ability but if you're not a great teammate you're not dedicated to the game and you're not dedicated to yourself and you're not willing to put yourself behind the team, then a lot of these coaches aren't willing to take the shot on you. And, and I'm feeling like that's what you're talking about because mm-hmm. some, uh, some of the players out there, not, you know, not you know, pointing fingers or anything, but some of the players out there, they kind of showed what they are under duress and, and, you know, how quickly they can give up on not only the play, but on themselves when things are not going necessarily their way. Like, I think you hit one of the major things, obviously on the head, the GPA stands for getting paid academically. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a huge thing for me. I always preach it as much as I can. Um, I think one of the things is that I wouldn't be shocked is in the future, it's a requirement for you to almost have a 3.0 to be involved in the game. I wouldn't be shocked if that happens, especially as it becomes more of a popular game and, and there's more of a demand for it. I could see one of the limitations to being a candidate to play on the game is a 3.0. Right. Like, because let's be honest, you're wasting coaches time. Like the the one thing that I did think was kind of cool and it was represented by three of the, the JUCO programs for the whole Holcomb League is they had the Papago Pumas out there, the Gila Hawks and the um, Salt River Scorpions. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those three teams were out there. I mean, it kind of sucks that they have um, 
boundaries in their area in Phoenix. So what I mean by that is that they can't shop for kids up like outside of their area. If there's a team, so uh, like like a three A, two A, a lot of those schools are free game mm-hmm. for them, which is cool. Um, but if you were to get into some of the bigger schools, they're kind of boundary locked, which is was kind of a bummer. You yeah. know, I think honestly that league, the whole Holcomb league, needs to get rid of the boundaries together. Um, I've mentioned it, like do eighty percent of the, the the athletes that are actually in that league from Arizona and twenty from outside, if that's the case, so we can move some of these smaller schools or smaller communities through that program and fil- get them out to the other school, like to a four year college. Mm-hmm. I think that would be cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, hands down. I would like to probably see maybe a couple more days of practice. Right. If if that could happen and a real solid media day. Now, definitely. When definitely, you say like practice that. and and no, I, no, I want, I want to hear your point too, but when you say practice, now my only concern is what do you uh what are your what is your solution for dual sport athletes that are playing in other sports or that have uh other activities going on at that same I, time? I think like in in certain situations you, unfortunately you gotta be you gotta be it's not unfortunate you gotta be forgiving to to those kids like like for example we talk about fields who was a santan foothills um he was playing a basketball game Mm -hmm. you have a commitment to your school first i mean i really feel that way even if you're doing seven on seven and you're running track and you have a seven on seven tournament you're you're with your school first Mm -hmm. then go on to your seven on seven stuff um so i think you you have to you have to bend, but don't break because like, Hey, look, can I do this? Sure. I mean, you have to be open with your school too. Like, Hey, I'm trying to do this. Is that okay? But like, even like, it doesn't have to be much because they got a lot done in the one day. I mean, it was a long practice, All right. but like, I mean, they, they had one-on-ones, which even like, now that you bring that up, that's actually was, was a fun thing too, that they did is that when they practice, they didn't just take their team and like stay together that was it they crossed them over even introducing them on on that friday oh, wow. um, as we saw right right where they they actually played a little one-on-one during the practice they had the linemen versus you know line so on and so on so they even had that that kind of mixed not just being one team against the other and, and i like that because uh you know being that me and you uh have went and attended the uh u of a um um high school uh function that they have out there um you see the same thing you know they separate everybody according to the positions and then right at the end of it they come together and have the one-on-ones whether it's the linemen uh, you know and yeah and that and that's where then that's where you get to shine a little bit because it's you versus the one guy and it's one or the other you know one of you guys are gonna uh get the jump on the other person but uh going back to like uh, with the more practices that you mentioned, I think that even an additional, like if you expanded it to a four day event, you get your equipment, everything that first day mm-hmm. you go through your more intense practices the second day. Okay. Now you're learning more of the plays. You're getting everything together. And then the third day is more of a, like a walkthrough uh, before the event. And then that's where you can have your media, media day, day. Mm-hmm. and, you know, only do about an hour of practice. And then the other hours dedicated for, um, the media is uh, not only to get to know, uh, you know, like for me and Loopy, our players better, but we get to learn about other players as well. See, I, I might actually reverse that and make the first day media day 
because then you can get the headshots. Right. You could do like you could get like, okay, now I have this information media wise. So I know who I'm watching. Um, one thing I heard uh, Coach Cat from uh, Lake Forest say, put numbers on your practice jerseys. Mm-hmm. Because when you do that, I know who I'm looking at. Like, so if I don't the, have to focus on the helmet. Right. Well, mm-hmm. not even that. It's like a lot of these kids, you don't know what helmet it is anyway. Yeah. Like if, especially if, if I have a college from state. state. Yeah. You know, so have, have like, and you know, what was really cool is they actually had like that pamphlet mm-hmm. with, with all the, and I had, I saw a bunch of college coaches walking around with highlighters, like highlighting the kids names and stuff like that. So, I mean, if you did that, say for instance, earlier in the week and they came out, and even and I don't even think it needs to be four days. Like if it's two to two day practice, three, three like a camp. I think that would right. be great. Like if, if if they could find a venue that would be able to to house the 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 entire group, you know, and they can actually do team building exercises and do all these things together. Right. I think that would be a great experience for them as well. I mean, this was this was fun from beginning right. to end. It, it was all fun. But I know that it's going to get better, and, and I anticipate oh, that. I, well, and the other thing that Rodney really tried to do, and a lot of people don't understand this, is that Rodney picked this date deliberately because there's typically the um, no contact from the NCAA where mm-hmm. they can't go and look at kids on certain dates. So there's, like, little blocks of time. So, like, he picked this because he knew that college coaches could come or college coaches can reach out because it's it's an, it's one of those windows. So, like, when we had ours, like, uh, back on and during COVID, we did an all-star game down in, in southern Arizona. They did it at the end of the year, and they did it because – uh, they, they all the kids had graduated. They had no longer had anything to do with, you know, uh, the schools. They they were graduated, but he didn't do anything for them because like like it was literally a little too late. Mm-hmm. So I really like how he did it right now. The weather was perfect. Absolutely. Like I mean, it wasn't too hot. wasn't too cold. Like it was perfect. And then to be able to have that window where, where coaches could fly in and kind of check things out and so on. So I think, I think it was done really, really smart. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. so it was, I mean, yeah. So I would like, if you had the two day practice, maybe one of them in there, like a little longer before you can, so you could do the media thing or whatnot. And then obviously the game, I think that would be the ultimate. But, I mean, there's not much more to really improve on certain things. It's like, now it's those little tweaks that, that mm-hmm. honestly you started the whole conversation with. It's little tweaks. Mm-hmm. It's the little things now. I mean, the concept of the, the the product is there. Yeah, the event itself was so good. the The group of people that he was able to get together, the coaches, the player, mm-hmm. the players, the personnel, everybody who volunteered their time to to be there. It, it was good because everybody had a second chance to get another set of eyes on them, uh, eyes that otherwise wouldn't be able to get a good sh- uh, shot at them. Because of the, either their location, record, or, or anything that, you know, might, tech, not technically, but might scare a, a coach away because, it, you know, of, of those factors. Well, and I think you go, let's go back into the part where I was talking about the whole Holcomb League. Mm-hmm. If, if things like boundaries would be dropped on that and so on, this is a prime situation where the Hohokam League should walk in and say, we'll take them all. Like, 
you know, I'm going to offer you to go, like, if you guys, if nobody else is looking at you, we want you. And, it, like, that, it should literally feed that junior college program that they're trying to come up with. It's like, like, you just had two solid teams, you know? Now, if you, um, you know, the whole Oakham League's been around for how many years now? So, we're, this, this was their fourth year that they just finished, their fourth season, um, right after. And it started right after junior colleges collapsed in, in Arizona. So, the whole Holcomb League came out, and they, they kind of come out and did their thing. I mean, it's it's looking still for some consistency in certain programs, some organizations, stuff like that, that could be fixed and, and be better off. Um, so, But it's, it's, it's a situation in the works. It has mad potential. Um, it's just we got to kind of put the foot first on, like, making it something that these kids really want to be a part of. But, but there's, there's a lot of potential for the program. But yeah, this is this we're coming into the fifth year. Okay, and with uh, being the fifth year, if something like that kind of takes off and community colleges here in Arizona take eye to that, could you potentially see uh, JUCO football coming back to the state of Arizona outside of the whole come league, or do you think that this is the future uh, for what to expect for JUCO colleges? In Arizona, I think the hard part for the junior college football to come back to Arizona is that it's got to be voted back in by the schools, which is that's the obstacle to overcome. I think, honestly, if the junior colleges were to say, hey, look, we're going to come back, we're going to do this. I think it just kind of severs off the limb of the Hohokam League, because I think a lot of kids would rather just go like, hey, I'm going to go to Pima College and I'll go there and I'm going to play there and I'm a part of Pima College or like if they had something here at, at, at Central. Central. Like, yeah. I don't know if they have like a football league. Never, they never, never had one. But I mean, even like that, like here's a potential time to do it. If you had somebody like Pima that was like, we're going to do it. Eastern's going to do it. Western's going to do it. Central, hey, put a dang football field out there. Make it happen. Like there, you could have, because like, I believe, like, if you live in the central, like, in, in Pinal County, you get some kind of deal when it goes to central college, it's, right? It's uh, called the promise for the future. So in eighth grade, uh, you sign an agreement that you're going to maintain at least a 2.5 okay. or a 2.0 GPA in high school. Right. You do that, you get two years free at CAC, central Arizona. I mean, that's huge. Not to mention, like... If you're if you're talking about your FAFSA, you put that on top of that, where that that's free money for them and stuff like that. So there's there's a lot of potential. If like the junior college football came back, I think that would be really cool, especially if some of these smaller like the junior colleges that maybe didn't do anything was all like, wait, we could get a football field, we could do this and be a part of it. It's no different right now than what kind of some of these struggles are right now mm -hmm. so it would be interesting to see if the schools would vote it back in but um as for right now you have this and we either jump on board or or not so that that's that's where i'd be on that what were some of the students outside of the county that caught your eye oh man i think the the kid from mesa I want to say he's a wide receiver. Right, right. Oh, man, that kid, not only did he have some hands, but his route running. And I wish we had a brochure right now. Oh, now yeah. that you brought that up, good job for, for putting us on the spot. <laughs> no, I, I think that kid, uh, 
I believe he was a safety or cornerback from CDO, the one the one that got the interception. Okay, that's um, uh, Crominger. Crominger. Okay. Crominger. Like Crominga. Crominga. Okay. I always like mess that. it up too. Like I mean, uh, seeing him. Uh, Ethan Crominga. Seeing him play, I mean, it it was uh, those two kids like definitely caught my eye as far as they weren't the biggest kids on the field, you know, and they didn't need to be like their their skill set was uh, able to help them uh, uh, shine brighter than some of the other people. Because, you know, there was definitely some kids out there that I thought um, were going to light it up. And they were a little bit more of the quieter ones. But uh, even seeing um, Roberts, is, I believe oh, okay. is the last name from uh, Brett Roberts. Brett Roberts. From, uh, uh, from Mountain View, the middle linebacker. linebacker. I mean, I, I've heard you talk about him like all year long. And then, you know, even on Pink the bandana. Yes. And even on the uh, drive up, like, you know, you say, hey, that that's the kid to watch for. And I mean, you, you can even uh, ask my cousin who uh, tagged along with us. He's like, man, that's a big boy. And I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and just to see him and I mean, be fearless. I think for him, one of the things I uh, heard overheard uh, one of the uh, college coaches saying is that uh, he needs to be he's physical he's not afraid to hit wrap nobody up, but uh, wrap up a little bit more so you know when you get to the next level everybody's at your size or at your uh, experience level so being able to have that extra uh, ability to wrap up and take somebody down it goes a long way so but that kid was lighting it up I'm, I'm gonna go up north I think the the kid from Flagstaff uh, the wide receiver on the the white team number two. Um, Did he just sign with Hastings? Right? He, he signed with Hastings College, um, or committed to Hastings College. Um, I, I can't think. What was his name? Justin Ashton, I believe. No, I don't think there, so. There was two uh, wide receivers. He was number two on the on the white team. Um, from uh, he's from Flagstaff. Um, tall kids. I think he's like a six five wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, just throw it to him, you yeah. know. I mean, uh, I think uh, obviously another kid, number twenty, JT uh, JT Thomas, coming from CDL was uh, was another kid, uh, twenty on the black squad. It was a corner. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the linemen, there was beasts. Oh, all like, man. dude, there was beasts. What's the uh, What's the guy that uh, Brighton Cox? Brighton Cox, the, 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 Rodney's uh, cousin. Rod- Rodney's cousin. Yeah, he, we joke. It's it's not his cousin. Like the kid couldn't be. He couldn't be ethnicity like further like he's red long hair white cat like like I'm like, oh my god like and it's funny because Rodney sends he sends me this picture he's like hey look I'm gonna send over a picture of my cousin like he's gonna be playing and I'm like okay cool so I'm like sitting there waiting he sends over this JPEG for me to work with right and I'm like bro <laughs> like what the heck is this he's from Williams <laughs> Williams High School which is just south of um, Flagstaff mm-hmm. and that's that's eight man football. Oh wow! It's eight man football, and and to me he was uh one of the more undersized uh, defensive linemen. But man, could Played he like push a some? Beast. Yeah, he could push some guys around. And it's funny you say that because uh, about uh, that being Rodney's cousin, because Rodney's cousin was actually playing uh, from Sunnyside, right? Is that his cousin? No, no. Oh, okay, I thought when so so you're talking about Makai Gaskin. Yes, he's actually the DJ's um, nephew. Okay, so that, the, that's that was where it ties the, the in DJ there. was the uh, his uncle, um, but it's it's kind of funny because like we didn't even hit that aspect of there were kids there that played eight man football their whole high school career. There was more kids on the football field than they're ever been used to. 
Mm-hmm. Like, like if you think about that, take that in perspective. You play eight man football. And now you're playing with kids that are from maybe like six A all the way, you know, two A. When you're playing one A football, mm-hmm. like, I mean, how how interesting. There was another kid on there from I can't I can't really think of where it was. Um, I, I don't even think they were one A. They might have been CC. What is it? CCA? Uh, the CAA where uh, Sequoia Pathway came from. Yeah, it's the CAA. I think, yeah. So I think there might have been even a kid from that, which is just like um, you—you you just got so much different, like like kids from, and he was from Apache Apache Institution. It was some other place that that was wasn't like like a high school you'd even have thought about. It's like how the hell did this kid get in here? Uh-huh. And it's just funny because like this was probably bigger than any game he ever played. Like, at least a bigger crowd. Because, like, we even you talked about the crowd. Like, the crowd was, like, you know, for, for an event. Like, I don't know, the bleachers, if people haven't ever been to the Legacy Park or, or Bank One or whatever, what, what park is it? How, I only call it Legacy. Bell Bank. Bell Bank, okay. Um, if you've seen the bleachers, I mean, they're a good size, almost the full length of a football field, almost 100 yards, and they go up pretty deep. And, like, we had a good – there was a chunk, almost like half of it was filled. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that's more than a typical high school stadium would probably have been. So it was just – I mean, honestly, there's there's really nothing to complain. The only thing you can complain about is literally, like, mostly parking. Yeah. And that ain't got <laughs> like, nothing to do with the game. <laughs> right. You know. I, um, only because there's, like, 150 seven-on-seven teams <laughs> in the same place and softball and God knows whatever else was going on that night. Soccer. I think, I, I mean, that 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 uh, that venue alone is just incredible. They had sevens there all day before, too. No, it's it was today's the first day. I have them tomorrow. Yeah. It, it, well, yes, yeah. Yesterday, uh, they remember they practiced on that field? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, but... I mean, we. I think we wow. can go on and on about oh, yeah. just how great this event was. But I mean, any any last things y'all want to say on that type of thing? Get ready for next year. All right. So you know, <laughs> make sure y'all uh, you know not only uh, give Rodney a follow, but his page at Game Time Recruiting. I mean, they do such a great job. And I mean, meeting Rodney, you know, thanks to you, Chris, has been amazing. And you know, I know that guy like. I mean, he brightens up my day just sitting there talking with him energy, talking bro. Fo- yeah, <laughs> lots of energy. If you guys don't know who he is, but I mean, I think we could end it right there, fellas. I'm, unless there's anything else y'all want to say, I'm good. All right. Well, you know, we'll uh, see you guys on the next episode. Uh, we're gonna finally dive into the basketball season. Uh, we both, um, Loopy and I, have been uh, doing a little bit of coverage here. Uh, with off-season media now with you, Chris. And so I'm looking forward to that one because there's definitely a lot to talk about. New experiences, the live stream that we're trying to attempt. So you guys stay in touch with that one and uh, be ready for it because now we're back, It's uh, you know, and we're talking basketball. Other than that, brother, you got anything to say? Take it easy. <laughs>